remember going places and being like, people being like, like I, I'd be like, because <laughs> we were raised this way. It's like, you know, do you know your state song or do you know your state bird or do you know your state this or that? And it's like, and people just stare at me like I'm crazy, you know, like, no, why would we know all those things? And it's like, well, because, you know, it's ingrained in you. And I feel like that's an aspect of our culture that at one time felt very connected. And now we feel very just disparate, you know, and, and it's like, so I, I do have like some fond, you know, like memories of being, being a Texan. I don't, I don't just out now. I don't have, I don't have just like full-blown Texas shame. I mean, I'm just not going to hold, I'm just not going to own that like that. This time on the Plutopia podcast, our friend Screamish Joy joins John and Scoop as we discuss all things Texan. In this rebroadcast of our March 2nd live show, the Plutopians reveal everything you didn't know about Texas, but didn't care enough to ask. Well, we're all talking about Texas, y'all. Yeah, it's Texas Independence Day. Yeah. Yes. I'm wearing my Texas Y'all t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. In the fall of 1835, many Texans, both Anglo-American colonists and Tejanos, concluded that liberalism and republicanism in Mexico, as reflected in the Constitution of 1824, were dead. And that's why they fought for independence. And uh, on this day, Texas became an independent republic and still thinks it is uh, all these years later. Yeah, and later on they were uh, uh, sucked up by the United States of America, and most of the Americans said, oh, shit, those guys again? <laughs> they still say that. <laughs> <laughs> Quite often. Still say that. <laughs> so they went to, uh, yeah. let's see, they did their declaration on uh, Washington on the Brazos, I think. And it was on this day in 1836. What do you think about that? Yeehaw. So I don't know, but when, what year did Texas become a state? Um, I failed uh, Texas history. I'm like history. (laughs) Now, it's really terrible for us to not know this answer, because I can assure you, being raised and schooled in Texas, that we were taught Texas history in seventh grade, eighth grade, and then also in ninth grade. But I only took a semester of world history and a semester of United States history. (laughs) December 29th of 1845, four days after Christmas. Woo-hoo. Four days after Christmas. And what is that? That would be nine years after it became a republic. It became a state, the 28th state. So you're saying that we were a Christmas present to the United States. We were a New Year's present. <laughs> Not New Year's. <laughs> we were a booby prize. <laughs> That's wrong on so many levels. <laughs> hey, they taught us that we were the greatest gift <laughs> and still are. <laughs> We're so big. Texas is so big. It's bigger than Russia. Well, <laughs> if you want the entomology, uh, and you have to look that up to find out what that is, the name Texas is based on the Caddo word, Taisha, our friend. <laughs> Boy, did they get that one wrong. And by the Spanish it's it's spelling it's Tejas or Texas by the Spanish, and uh, it's been downhill since uh, they uh, stole the word from the Caddo people. Basically, since we got the name, that was our peak. Is that <laughs> that was it? It's been a downhill slide from there. I feel like Texas has had moments of great hope. I mean, I, I feel like it's such a resourceful and diverse place and i i have you know it's like i i can i can i can bash on texas it's it's my home and it's been my home my whole life and i can say that i've moved away but i always come back um and so you know it it is it is where i am from and where i lived and i one thing i know is whenever i move someplace one people never believed i was from texas because i don't have the accent um, even though I was raised here my whole life, but I, I can talk like I was from Texas. I mean, I can speak that way. It's not that I don't know how, 
I yeah, I mean, know. a lot of us don't have the accent. Yeah. I, I don't think I have it very much anymore. I, I don't think you do. I, think, I but grew you know, up in West Texas. <laughs> we both but, well, we both failed to grow up in West Texas. That's still a yeah. work in progress. That's right. I, I remember but, going places and being like, people being like, like I, I'd be like, because <laughs> we were raised this way. It's like, you know, do you know your state song or do you know your state bird or do you know your state this or that? And it's like, and people just stare at me like I'm crazy, you know, like, no, why would we know all those things? And it's like, well, because, you know, it's ingrained in you. And I feel like that's an aspect of our culture that at one time felt very connected. And now we feel very just disparate, you know, and and it's like, so I, I do have like some fond, you know, like memories of being, being a Texan. I don't, I don't just out now. I don't have, I don't have just like full blown Texas shame. I mean, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to own that like that, but yeah, growing we could up certainly in, be, we could certainly be better. <laughs> yeah, growing up in Texas, you know, was uh, pretty cool. I mean, I didn't pay attention to politics when I was a little mm -hmm. kid. Uh, you know, I knew my dad was involved in something and you know, he'd grumble about the politicians and I just wanted to, you know, <laughs> know where my toys were. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, after I the, uh, you know, after puberty kicked in, I was able to uh, actually, you know, <laughs> pay attention to things other than my toys, and it got to be kind of serious because that's about the time that uh, politics in Texas got really strange. You know, in the you know late fifties and early sixties, and you know by the time the Republicans took over, then that's when I started telling people I was from New Jersey. Yeah, it was kind of weird when we grew up. This was such a democratic state, and the Democrats, you know, completely dominated the state for a big hunk of my early life. And then suddenly it became a Republican state. Mm -hmm. And now I know that the reason that it was a, that the Democrats held so much power in the state is because they were the party of racism. Yeah, they, they were the, the Southern Democrats. Yeah. So it's, this is where my idealism the comes were from. The, <laughs> the, the first person that I ever voted for as an adult child when I turned 18 years old was, God bless her soul, Ann Richards. There you go. That, that's a good vote. <laughs> okay. That was my first introduction into politics. That was my first exposure to a politician. Before then, I had paid attention to nothing. And, and then this dynamic force of nature just came into my purview at, at, a, at a time that I was really deeply impressionable. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm sorry, but I still carry the torch and hope of Ann Richards, God rest her soul. Like I, you know, I just, she like inspired me in a way that um, it stayed with me. And when I think about Texas, that's what I attach to, you know, it's like, I know there's all this shittiness. I know, you know, all, all the, the, the Bubba story and all of the, the, you know, the people that we currently have in office for me are just I don't, a nightmare. But, but when I attach to Texas, it's like, that's my personal experience. It's like, I know Texas had a soul at one point and it was expressed through the grace of Ann Richards and Molly Ivins. And, um, you know, like so many people, I can, I can start naming the people because they were John there. You know, but, hmm. Oh yes, absolutely. Like they're, Texas had a, had a, had a particular soul and a particular voice, and it was a bold voice. And um, there was a moment there where Texas almost realized its its potential. Like, yeah, and, and to me, and it was that window. <laughs> and then they blew it. They did. They did. And it no. makes me sad. So yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't disacknowledge them. <laughs> I, I was impressed by. Uh, very few Texas politicians, when I got to the age of being able to understand what was going on, the ones I was impressed the most were the were the Democratic women. I had the good fortune to meet people like Barbara yeah, you know, meeting Molly Ivins and interviewing her. That that was that, that was a mind blower. There, Barbara. I marched Jordan. with Sissy Ferrantho. Yeah. Marched yeah. down Congress Avenue. Yeah, we. Yeah, uh, it's. It, we almost got her as a governor. We, all, it didn't we almost did it. <laughs> didn't take. <laughs> but what was really we, we weird is that, that thing that is related to Sissy, uh, I won't even say his name, he, he, he was unelected, but uh, he, he was kind of an embarrassment to the name. 
I forget what which uh, district he was representative, but yeah, he was <laughs> a piece of work. And, yeah, I think he was her nephew. Yeah, yeah, but just seeing that name. <laughs> well, we should say. I mean, it's Blake Ferenthal. You, <laughs> I won. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Before, it's not like Voldemort. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> before we dig much more into politics and stuff, I've yeah, I've got a little quiz here. <laughs> Let's see if y'all okay. can answer. What is the? Excuse me. What is the state reptile of Texas? And is it the horny toad? It is Texas horned lizard. Oh yeah, the and, horned lizard. <laughs> and it's really hard to find them these days. They're they're making a slow I know you comeback are. in West Texas, but the uh, fire ants pretty much destroyed them. Yeah, yeah, they had that a, is the, that is the truth. Difficult I relationship have seen with the one ants. in the last decade of my life. I did see a horny toad, and it oh. was very random. But yeah, when I was a kid uh, living out in. And the oil pitch that we all made little corrals that we got, we captured. Yeah, the we used to make and, little horny toad ranches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were nice. We would let the uh, the herd loosen when we went into for dinner. <laughs> it was like having little dinosaurs, you know, they were just they're kind of amazing. Cool. So how, how about what is the, uh, the state insect? Uh, uh, Ted Cruz? I, I, Black widow spider. Uh, no, no, it's dude. not. It, yeah, I'm like, don't be mean to insects. Um, I love insects. <laughs> I bet you know what the, what, what do you think it is? I feel like I should know what it is. Butterfly. Ah, you got it. That's you didn't fantastic. cheat, did you? What's the Texas <laughs> mammal? Texas longhorn. Yeah, yeah unless it's the nine-banded armadillo. I would pick the armadillo. And I what's the Texas it. state mushroom? And star. I see. I'm looking at the same list you are. Yep. I'm like psilocybin. <laughs> I was supposed to look Cal at the Patty? list, and you were supposed to be amazed when you heard what it was. I'm a cheater. What can I say? The Texas State food. <laughs> oh, it's brisket. Need I say? Isn't that brisket no. or barbecue? It's oh, it's chili. chili. Damn it! I thought it was brisket. I really thought it was brisket. Honestly, chili today, hot tamale. <laughs> The Texas shell. I don't think you're going to get shell? this one. Shell. Like the shell? Yeah, shell. Well, there's, like on the there's beach. a lot of shell, shell corporations. On the beach. I'm like, I totally didn't know we had our own shell. I only know it's, of like three. <laughs> it's the lightning whelk, also known as the Busycon Perversum Pulia. How about that? Sounds like. Our politics. <laughs> yeah, I know. How about the the official state ship? I'm sure someone could come up with that one. I'm looking right at it, so I shouldn't answer. <laughs> I am not cheating. I just want everybody to know that my knowledge or lack thereof is just based on what's really there. <laughs> oh, this okay. is one it's I did USS know. Texas. Why wow, you probably don't know the state molecule, do you? State molecule. <laughs> oh, now the I state I molecule. The state molecule is the buckyball. The buckyball. Yeah, that's a Buckminster <laughs> Fuller thing. That's where the bucky comes from. I don't know how we ended up with buckyball uh, being uh, associated with the state. You know, Fuller just didn't strike. I have no idea. <laughs> Does every state have as detailed a list of state items as Texas? No. Like, uh, is there a, does well, everybody so. have a state shell? Does everybody have a state shell? <laughs> I, I'm just curious. Like, does Iowa I, have a state uh, shell? <laughs> I, would, I would suspect. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, Texas is the bullshit capital of the world. So, I mean, you, I mean, when on you're going to live levels, up to that, honestly, you have a bunch of stuff to justify that description. <laughs> when you're when you say bullshit capital, like it's it can be literal or metaphorical, and it works. It's or really honestly, yeah, that's my point. It's like it works either way. <laughs> so, what is the Texas state cooking implement? Uh, the grill, maybe. <laughs> the smoker. That, it's the, the Dutch smoker. oven. The oh, the Dutch oven. oven. Interesting. That is not what I would have put for Texas, even though it's fine. I use one every day. I don't cook a lot of Dutch <laughs> people, so I've never had to use one. I, I use Dutch. I use a Dutch oven all the time. But, you you but should be able I, to get. 
I don't associate it with Texas. <laughs> you should be able to get this, the Texas State Folk Dance. <laughs> oh. Um, You're bound to um, know that. The two step, like the the dosy do, the is it yeah. the two step or the dosy do, the the square dance, <laughs> square, square dance. dance. Thank you. That's, That's the dosy do, the square dance. I was trying to, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with the basic shape. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have guessed square dance. I have to confess that uh, I took square dance lessons when I was in junior high. Well, uh, we did. The reason us. was because the girl I was going with at the time was really into square dance, so uh, that kind of explains that. I remember them teaching us square dance at school. And did y'all? I mean, we we were and did were y'all in rodeos when you were a kid? Did you participate? Did you do like the grease sheep, I've, like get the flag off the pig, or I did. I did goat snacking at uh, goat snacking, goat sacking, goat sacking, <laughs> goat, goat snacking too. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a burrito. Come on, there's some I think I was in the rodeo there. parade one time. Yeah, they, I, I was, didn't really do anything at the rodeo. I, yeah. I actually I actually pulled a pulled pulled the thing off a pig once. My my dad was all about me being in the rodeo. Man, he threw me out into a pit full of wild animals. I did poop day. in my boot one time. When I was a little kid, yeah, I think I don't know if we were at the rodeo or on the way or what it was, but yeah, yeah one year I did goat sna snacking, goat sacking, and the next year I did the grease pig. Yeah, don't ever, you know, kids out there, don't ever enter the grease pig competition because it's, it's don't do it, don't let your parents make you dangerous. do it. I think my, you know, my, my favorite thing is like. The mutton, the mutton busters, where they ride the little lambs, and like my, my favorite was like this kid. He like spun underneath, and he's like on the belly of the lamb, but he's like holding on for dear life, and he totally won, man. He like, <laughs> like <laughs> we're talking about the Texas State sport, by the way. Yeah, Rodeo we, we are. The Texas I'm sorry, State I, sport. I, I led into it. I was, I was sort of leading into the Texas State sport. <laughs> What's the Texas slogan? The the inappropriate Texas slogan is. Is, is it inappropriate state <laughs> wait what the friendly state oh the friendly state the inappropriate i'm sorry i'm really glad that you spoke first because i i had some actual inappropriate slogans in my mind. we're not going to be good <laughs> and, it, and it's your your choice was probably going to be more appropriate anyway probably more state. real but i don't want to say them because they're not my slogans so i don't know i don't i don't i don't yeah welcome slogans, to texas go home the Texas State Dinosaur. Ooh, Once again, Ted Cruz. To, uh, no, I used to know what our dinosaur was. I actually did. <laughs> I'm like, I can picture it. What's it, it called? In 2009, it changed. Oh, I no. Can tell you that. Then, then I don't know what it is. Before 2009, know. it was the Pleurocelis. Yes. But at 2009, they changed it to the Sorrow Poseidon Protelis. That which sounds scary. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a, it looks kind of like a Brontosaurus. Ooh. It's kind of got a really long neck. I bet Brontosaurus water, though? barbecue. It's, it's Poseidon? Was it a water I think creature? So. I think you're right. I don't know. No, so, it doesn't look like it. Poseidon in it? Really? You don't think it was like living in one of our lakes? It's probably well, still there. Lake Buchanan's pretty deep. I mean, <laughs> the Lock Buchanan monster. I think it is. I think it, they call him Bucky. <laughs> Where do you think Bucky's really comes from? <laughs> I thought Bucky was a truck or a, a stop a along the highway. It's not really a truck stop, a tourist stop. You realize we, we've got some of the cleanest restrooms in the planet. Well, Texas used to be able to They're claim buckets to themselves, but they have now expanded beyond our boundaries and our borders. Mm -hmm. So they have they have gone past Texas. Well, they no knew longer. the rest of the country needed to clean up their bathrooms. So mm, and the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> this so, thing used to live in Texas for sure. They found bits of it here. Um Oh, what is that? Oh, there's a list of U.S. state dinosaurs. Now that I believe. So they all, they, I guess they all have one. I believe that. I just feel like Texas has more state things than the average state. 
Like we just find things to call Texas things. <laughs> We're just like, what's your state succulent? Like, I mean, I'm sure we have one. <laughs> what is our state succulent? I'm sure it's on that list. <laughs> well, I mean, they probably hired somebody to come up with these things. And you got to have an excuse to pay them, right? The Texas state dog? Uh, Blue Lacey. Oh, great. You knew that. Thank you. Yeah, I have one. I have two, actually. Have oh, two cool! That's great. I never. This is my. This I've never heard before today. I, I am Blue an Lacey. actual Texan. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard of Blue Lacey, and I'm always like, "What?" That's so funny. <laughs> Originated in the state of Texas in the mid 19th century. Yep. Huh. Texas Blue Lacey. Texas Blue Lacey. Wow. I miss ours. That ours are mixed breed. They're not pure breed. Ours are mixed with black mouth cur, but they're they're beautiful. I love our dogs. Bacon and pepper. <laughs> oh wow, we have three state mammals. One is the state flying mammal. Mm. How many That's flying fun. mammals like, are we there? We have a flying the bat, of course. It's the right? Mexican free-tailed bat. Yeah, the Mexican free-tailed bat. I knew that. And, and the state large mammal. I'm sure Mount you know lion? this. Texas Longhorn. Oh, it's just the Longhorn. Is and the state's mammal. small mammal. It's got to be the armadillo. Nine-banded armadillo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All that and you sense. already said the Texas state song. I guess that's how we got into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, where was the first big oil boom? Where was that located in Texas? Love it. <laughs> Spindle top south of Spindle top. Oh yeah. Oh hey, here's something. The the Texas State song Texas Our Texas was written by a guy from Liverpool. <laughs> okay. The Beatles. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was a Beatle. No, a guy from he uh he migrated to or immigrated to Texas when he was a, a fairly young guy. But he was originally from Liverpool, and he wrote it along with a woman. Uh, his name was William J. Marsh, and he wrote it with Gladys Yoakum Wright, who was a Fort Worth native. There you are. There we Very be. cool. We were, I, I sang it daily for many years of my life. <laughs> All hail the mighty state. Yeah, we so were required so to take Texas history a number of times in uh, junior high and high school. And, Absolutely. Uh, more was... more so than any other form of history. <laughs> yeah. U.S. history, <laughs> you, know, you know, you got a couple of weeks of that, and then you got you years. You did. It's like a semester of, of U.S., a semester of world, and then three full sem or three full years of Texas history. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and, and the interesting uh, thing is – the uh, the history was sort of massaged by the people writing the book. Like one one thing that uh, Texas has always had that they really you know, promoted a lot was the Texas Rangers when, the, when mm. they're still around, and they were always you know this heroic band of dudes riding out and keeping the evil doers at at bay, and uh, they were way worse than. That. <laughs> they were, yeah, we, we were definitely like, we were definitely conditioned yeah. in the way that we were trained to be Texans. There's they were no basically a that. wild militia that were just out uh, doing yes. uh, uh, evil deeds to whoever's going to, you know, give them some money and uh, or some power or some land. A lot of these they people were. got their ranches together by confiscating other people's land. So, you know what they're also called? Los Diablos Tejanos. You got that right. The Texan Devils. <clears throat> I don't know who calls them that, but uh, mostly people do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, and you know the Lone Ranger was you know definitely uh, <laughs> a promotional vehicle for cleaning up the reputation of the Rangers. So, you know. so let's talk about, I mean, I, I just can't, can we talk about like some awesome things that Texas produced, like, like Texas produced Stevie Ray Vaughan, for example. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Texas, There's a lot Texas of great... produced some inc incredible music, right? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> now, Texas, actually, I would argue that Texas was a key to the emergence of psychedelic rock and roll. Mm-hmm. I, I remember going to the psychedelic circus when I was in high school, and it was downtown in Austin at the Paramount. And mm. and you would you would take you would go you would go to Twenty Fourth and Guadalupe, and you would buy your acid, and then you would go to the psychedelic circus, which was literally like a four hour experience designed for people on acid. Like <laughs> there was no other purpose to it than that. And it was all these Austin artists and 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 like I don't know like performers and and that's what it was. It was just psychedelia. It's psychedelia and. Yeah, they had the same thing up in Dallas. They had midnight movies, and they had all sorts of experimental films. And, you know, they always managed to show reefer madness, of course, because everyone was out in the parking lot before the movies started uh, smoking their reefers. uh, (laughs) That was a big deal in Dallas until the, (laughs) the authorities got hip to it, and then there were no more movies. I, my, yeah, it blew that, my mind to find out that Ornette Coleman is from Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. One of the great free jazz players. And, and uh, Dewey Redmond was also from Fort Worth. Yeah, for my generation, it was uh, the guy with the big, thick glasses, Roy Orbison, because he, he did a, mm. a weekly TV show on KMID TV in Midland and my sister and I would watch it religiously until they finally got signed by Sam Phillips and went off to Sun Records and became big hits. But, uh, you know, he was from beautiful Wink, Texas. And I always said that I would spend a well, week in Wink one night. Uh, Steve Martin went to school at La Vega High. Oh, yeah, he Waco, was born Texas. in Waco, yeah. He was, my dad graduated. My mom and my dad both graduated from La Vega. And Steve Martin was just a few couple of years ahead of my dad. And so La Vega, like, uh, or Waco in general, actually produced some, like, fairly notable Texans. Um, yeah, Jennifer I, Love Hewitt is from Waco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true, too. I was like, so, yeah, is, I find that interesting. It's like, and then, of course, we have... Miss Shoplin and Miss Rate and some awesome, yeah, the, awesome the Winter Brothers have. band. If you ever got to see them early on, that was an impressive uh, <laughs> yeah. accomplishment. Those guys were incredible, and yes, uh, you know, came out of uh, nowhere and uh, just did some incredible things. You know, you know, they uh, split up eventually, but you know, I got to see you know Johnny Winter a lot. And uh, Edgar, you know, did a lot of more experimental keyboard-related stuff after mm-hmm. they were no longer the uh, the Winter Brothers band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have a bunch of Lubbock guys like uh, Buddy Holly, of course, and Joe Ely and Butch Hancock, Terry Allen, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, Wayland all of Jennings. those people, Lloyd Maines. I used to listen to Waylon Jennings when he was on the radio in, in beautiful Lubbock. Oh, yeah, and Roy Orbison from Wink, Texas. Yep. Well. <laughs> and in Big Spring, we had the Circle Four Ramblers. And uh, Hoyle Nicks and uh, the, what, what was the, the Texas Playboys. Was that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to go to the actual Stampede north of town and demonstrate the fact that I couldn't dance with, <laughs> with a bunch of drunken rednecks. <laughs> then there's Jerry Jeff Walker, Towns mm-hmm. Van Zant. Yeah, now Towns. Now there, there was a character because I used to be able to catch him at uh, Anderson Fair in Houston, and uh, you know when he would come through, it was usually, it was usually a, an event. Yeah, and a lot of it had nothing to do with music. <laughs> he like he liked the party. <laughs> Blind Lemon Jefferson and Manslipscomb and Lightning Hopkins and Big Mama Thornton and T-Bone Walker. <clears throat> All those blues blues people are from Texas. Freddie King. Yeah, some great uh, movies were done about, you know, the Texas uh, bluesmen. You know, they, uh, Les Blank did a lot of uh, great films, and he did one of uh, 
And Lightning Hopkins, he did one of, of Mance Lipscomb, giving me to yeah. talk. To the, really great stuff. I mean, that's, honestly, that's another thing. Texas, we used to have such a really powerfully strong film scene. Um, and unfortunately, was was wiled away by politics. But at one point, we had some like great filmmakers coming out of Texas and a lot of and it's starting to come back a little bit. I think there's a lot of films that are being shot in Taylor now. Yeah, they're like, building. Taylor's a, become sort of like a little. Huh? They're building a film but, studio in Bastrop County. They are Bastrop, building that giant one. It's supposed to be a big they, complex. They are. But, you know, it, it, we had a scene in Texas um, up until like the mid to late 90s, and then they killed it really bad, and we lost a whole bunch of activity and and finally it's starting to come back into our environment i think that's but, because the state stopped giving uh making like financial concessions they did to get they completely, to get they movies completely stopped subsidizing it yeah, yeah. I, i've started, never understood why they did that you know, movies they did started it, going right. to louisiana which you know, was paying better money and uh yeah they were treating them nicely, and uh, you know, unfortunately, Texas kind of dropped the ball on that for a long time. I, I, had, I was in the industry at the time, and I had a lot of friends who were working in the industry. A lot of them left Texas and followed the industry. I did not. I, I did not follow it, but you know, it was. I mean, we had like really, you know, Richard Linklater and Robert Rodriguez, and I mean, like a variety of different filmmakers that were coming out of UT. UT has a uh, a pretty you know notable film school in and of itself in terms of what it's produced and so I, I feel like i feel like that's also kind of a part of our our texas legacy that like i hope comes back and grows stronger like i hope it really does resurrect yeah, yeah lick letters uh, early films were something that uh, i always treasured just because he, he was able to document stuff that no longer exists, you know, especially <laughs> in Austin, in Central Texas, mm -hmm. and absolutely uh, just some amazing stuff. Yeah, especially Slacker and Dazed and Confused. Yeah, really. And it's kind of amazing when you watch Dazed and Confused and you realize how many great actors came Out through that. that film. Yeah, that is the truth. And they were like nobodies, literally, like they were unknown actors, young at the beginning of their career, and and. I mean, there were even Renee Zellweger has like an unnamed part in that in that movie. Yeah, she and she like was little... from Katie. She was in. Yeah. They made the. Uh, there was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel mm -hmm. that was that had Renee Zellweger in it, and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. Matthew McConaughey right. was the bad the bad guy, the guy with the bad attitude, and. Uh, I saw that. I actually saw that at a premiere at the Paramount Theater here in town. Um, I had a friend who had worked on it who arranged for me to go there. And, uh, it, you know, the whole cast and crew were there. It was it was pretty great. It was, you know, it was just another cheesy horror film, but it was sure. pretty good. It would, that, would, that would have been a good time. Yeah, definitely the cast of Days of Confused, Parker Posey and Ben Affleck and Matthew McConaughey. I mean, like all these people were like, these were just such early roles for them. And they did go on and do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, one thing that Texas has or has had is uh, some significant universities. And I'll pimp my alma mater, University of North Texas, which when I went there, it was North Texas State University. And they had and still have an incredible jazz music program up there. Mm. Their one o'clock jazz band you know, has toured internationally, done all sorts of recordings, gotten Grammys, and produced some great musicians. And just keeps churning them out. And they, some of my uh, alma maters, uh, you know, uh, some alumni showed up in uh, Austin, I think it was last week, when they were talking about all the money they were going to be giving to University of Houston mm. and other universities, but they didn't give anything to North Texas. And they were you know, out there lobbying, saying, hey, we do a lot too, because you know, the, the University of Texas gets a huge amount of money because of that permanent fund they have. Right. And, uh, yeah. The rest of the universities are kind of left to split up the, the few uh, dollars that are left. 
it's applied over it. <laughs> well, and then and then there's the University of Austin. The University of Austin, which is the new, I guess, proposed, I don't think it's actually operating yet, anti-woke university. Oh, right. Oh, It'll be based here in Austin. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's an been... anti-woke university in Austin. That's, that's, it was, that's really... <laughs> I'm sure it was something that started in, in 2021 is when they first came up with this and the I guess the guy who's mostly involved is a guy named Pano Canellos. But Barry Weiss had uh, announced this thing in in her Substack newsletter. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of buzz within the what people refer to as the intellectual dark web about this thing because it was like kind of their kind of thing. I, I hate to be I hate to be like word picky, but can we not just shorten anti-woke to asleep? asleep. <laughs> or there like <laughs> you go. <laughs> unconscious or isn't there already a word? Yeah, it's kind of anti-woke. But they <laughs> like, also say it's it's anti-cancel culture, anti-cancel cancel culture or anti-woke or Supposedly oh, about <laughs> yes, that's escaping right. from the constraints of the left. <laughs> they want to escape from the constraints of the left. You know yeah, what it, I it'll, find? It'll probably is a be university. A least... is, you know what I find is much more exciting as a university is the body farm at Texas State University, where you can oh. donate your body. And it's one of three in the country. You can donate your body to forensic science. And Ooh. then if you want to, your family can actually get letter updates letting you know the decomposition state of your body as it goes through its forensic science process. That's and exciting. I uh -huh. am really excited. About, and if you're lucky and you decompose well, your skeleton gets taken into their medical department and you get to be a skeleton for life at Texas I think that that and your family can go visit you. That yeah. can really all of those things can happen. <laughs> so that's sort of like having a statue right in your honor. Uh, yeah, I, I can get in, in with that. It's yeah. sort of like a higher level dream for me. <laughs> like, oh, you can't see what I'm showing you. Ah, what? What are you? What are you showing? <laughs> you look like you're being uh, throttled by the Texas flag. <laughs> yeah, your background oh, is. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I wanted to show you my skeleton. Oh, Coltrane. Nice. I oh, have skeleton. a skeleton. Nice. <laughs> I have John Coltrane and I have a skeleton. And, a skeleton. Skeleton. and you skeleton, have a yellow yeah. submarine. Very nice. Very nice collection yeah. right there. Oh, I have all, lots all of together. stuff. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I want to believe. I want anyway. to. Anyway. To. So, yeah, Texas State, which formerly Southwestern, but, you know, they partied a little too hard. So that changed that branding and go with new name because their reputation, you know, kind of got out of control. Um, but then they became Texas State University and now they have their forensic body farm, which, again, one of three in the country. So I well, think that's special right in our backyard. Well, <laughs> one comment I wanted to make about the University of Austin before we completely leave it behind is that it has been compared favorably with Trump University. Mm -hmm. I'm well, sure the government building will be uh, the Ted uh, Cruz uh, government. <laughs> compared favorably with Trump University is the most oxymoronic statement ever made ever <laughs> and i'm sure that <laughs> like like uh like texas state they will have plenty of skeletons in their closets oh my god no they'll probably Ow. have skeletons like texas state they'll probably have them buried all around the campus they just won't be studying <laughs> and they're not volunteers <laughs> either yeah, exactly. They're all like donated. So, well, you know, not not science. I mean, it's not donated to science. I mean, that's very woke science. So I, mean, I don't think that'll be a part of their curriculum. Um. <laughs> well, I have to shift gears back for a minute because I just yeah. discovered, you remember I was talking about psychedelic rock? So yeah. here's what Wikipedia says. The psychedelic rock movement of the 1960s and 70s has deep roots in Texas. The 13th floor elevators were an American rock band from Austin, Texas, formed by guitarist and vocalist Rocky Erickson, electric jug player yeah. Tommy Hall, and guitarist Stacey Sutherland, which existed from 1965 to 1969. During their career, the band released four LPs and 745s, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so it talks about that. It talks about... Uh, 
Bubble Puppy talks about the replacements huh? from Texas. So were the replacements from Texas? I can't remember that. No, but moving sidewalks with Billy Gibbons <laughs> and Red Crayola and Golden Dawn. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when I was, I'm sorry, when I was a, a fan of psychedelic music and head, head comics and things like that at the end of the 60s, start of the 70s, the two places where those things seem to be happening were in Austin and in San Francisco. Makes sense. Scoop, what do you think? I think you're right there. You know, there was a big, you know, there was a lot of movement between Austin and and Houston also and and San Francisco. I I was part of that (laughs) movement because I, you know, I hit the road for uh, San Francisco in uh, 1973 and didn't come back until 2006. So I spent a lot of time out there. And there are a lot of Texas exes out there. Hmm. But, you know, one thing, um, I lost my, I, I found an interesting note and it it disappeared. What did you do with it? My machine <laughs> ate it. It ate it. It went away. And it's not coming back. Oh, well, anyway. It, it doesn't surprise me that psychedelics had such a stronghold, especially in the Austin. I mean, hippies sort of, you know, made Austin what it was for an extended period of time. You know, a lot of the a lot of the culture about Austin that I think people were really attracted to was really fundamentally hippie culture and just being just being sort of allowed to kind of permeate i mean we actually have a place called hippie hollow it's like that still exists today you know and and so when i was growing up um psychedelics were extremely common you know in our environment like it was psychedelics were i I would not consider you know it was like not something that seemed inaccessible in any way shape or form you know it was something that was very yeah, in, in, in houston you could find uh magic mushrooms in the, just about any cow pasture and there you could see about yeah, so with, to, with the go paper bags going out and looking for the magic yeah. mushrooms. and we all knew how to detect them too we were all well trained in how to detect our mushrooms properly <laughs> <laughs> That is, yeah, that well, is the truth. <laughs> I experienced the uh, apparently the only uh, iteration of a uh, magic mushroom uh, margarita, and Ooh, I, that doesn't. I, 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 I <laughs> like was the first. You know, I, 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 my experience served as a as a warning to anyone. As a warning else, for others, ever do that. I'm like, I don't no. want to put tequila with my psilocybin. I think that's not good. <laughs> it's like tequila psilocybin. I don't yeah. know. Well, to make it worse, I I, I consumed this and then went down to the uh, midnight movies in downtown Houston and got in a big crowd of people. It's like that's it. <laughs> I, I left quickly. <laughs> what was the movie? For madness, of course. <laughs> well, I, when we were talking about films, I was going to mention Giant, and I never got a chance to do mm-hmm. that. But I think uh, it's fair to note that uh, one of the the biggest films made in Texas was Giant, and it was made out around Marfa. I think, mm-hmm. and uh, right. with Elizabeth Taylor and Rock Hudson and James Dean, mm-hmm. and uh, directed by George Stevens, and uh, I, I think, am I correct that uh, James Dean had his wreck in Texas? No, I believe that was in California. Was that in no, California? Was okay. That was his new sports Texas. car that he was driving. It's uh, actually I used to drive down the, uh, when I was going to, to Southern California from Northern California. I took a route that went right through the intersection or where it happened. And, oh wow! Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the highway, but it's just the middle of nowhere, and they even have a sign up. But I think that happened just after. Uh, 
Actually, I think that they were still in in the process of putting the film together when uh, when he died. When I think I think you're right about that. That came he died. Yeah, yeah, he yeah I actually show off in his shiny new sports car, and uh, it it didn't end well. Apparently, you know that they do looping. They have, like have to dub their lines in sometimes. And uh, James Dean was dead and couldn't do that, so they got Nick Adams to do it. Hmm. If you remember Nick Adams, me too. So, Actually, I love, I love, I love watching old films. It's kind of my. It's kind well, of this is a pretty great one. It really is. Yeah, Giant's one of my. It's an mm-hmm. incredible film. It's one of my favorite. And yes, it, it, absolutely. It definitely has something to say about racism. I mean, George Stevens made films about social issues, and that was one that he addressed in this film in particular. Yeah, and he handled he actually handled it you know, fairly well. You know, it was uh, believable the way it was handled. But uh, then there's there was the Alamo movie with uh, what was it, John Wayne? John and, Wayne, yeah. Uh, a lot of other uh, stars. And they actually built a uh, mock-up of the Alamo. I believe it's still in existence. Some uh, rancher there, you know, somewhere here in Texas, you know, had it on his property and was trying to make it into, into a big t- tourist attraction. It, it, I was going to say, I think the mock-up quite, that they built that was, that was Brackettville. the actual Alamo. Okay, you're right. <laughs> that was a Brackettville, Texas, later known as Alamo Village. <laughs> Alamo village yeah. the pictures i saw of it I think they, the latter I think the day were kind of yeah it, it was kind of uh cheesy looking and not well kept <laughs> they actually had to drill water wells so that they, they'd have water for the set and they had to put in roads to it and all that stuff so there was quite a bit of work that went into that hmm. i don't know how well the movie did um i don't think it did very well critically um it's one you see shown on uh you know very late night tv on the uh off-brand cable channels apparently somebody <laughs> reviewed it as being as flat as texas <laughs> <laughs> well then they must have only been in one tiny part of it. there's texas is not all flat we have mountains That's we have big bend you're gonna go yeah yeah <laughs> growing up in west texas i didn't know anything about mountains until i discovered the davis mountains when they sent us off to boy scout camp there it's like mountains in texas because i was i mean we also we have palo duro <laughs> we have palo duro state park which has the yeah. second largest canyon mm-hmm. in the country right and it's I'm a poor man's the grand canyon one is is the grand canyon right so that's pretty you know well, Second I have a story. <laughs> I have a story about the Davis Mountains. We were in the Davis Mountains once, and uh, we—I uh, can't remember where we were staying, but um, we looked outside. It was uh, late in the day. Uh, I think it was just—it was past sunset, but the sky was a an intensely bright orange color. There was a mountain across from us. And on the other side of that mountain, there was such a bright orange color that we thought there must be a fire burning over there. And I even started making my way up that mountain. I was going to try to go to the top to see what was going on. But it was uh, I never made it. I mean, I turned around. Uh, So the next day we went to McDonald Observatory and uh at the like information desk there or whatever we we told them we we talked about this really bright light in the sky the night before and and we wondered if there had been a big fire what was going on they said oh no that was the northern lights oh that's right wow uh, yeah we once were able to see the northern lights in uh, beautiful big spring it you know it, that was in the early 50s i guess i later saw them again from lost maples that's well, amazing. you know, we had uh, ha- had a canyon in uh, in our neighborhood, John. Uh, oh, we did. Yes, he, my brother and I named it uh, Chorizo Duro Canyon. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, I'm thinking about the canyon. You know, there was that there was a canyon in front of my house. It, it obviously wasn't a super deep one, but oh, the one up by was, Park Hill. Uh, yeah, that whole yeah. canyon that ran oh, on it, through there. Oh, yeah, that was fun. So it started. There was that little hill which we thought was kind of a mountain behind my house, and uh, from there this this canyon formed and you could go down there and dig and start digging. And if you dug deep enough, you would hit the underground Springs mm-hmm. with a bunch That's... of water flowing through there. We thought we had hit a pipe the first time that happened as an, Oh, it's the underground spring. Yeah. There were a number of those. That's where the whole big spring my family... thing came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My family used to have um, a ranch. We had a ranch on the South Lena river um, just kind of in between Junction and Rock Springs. And the the South Lano ran through the ranch and, and it was right at the Head Springs. And we had, I, I don't know, it was incredibly beautiful. We used to go hike the canyons on the, you know, it was about 1500 acres and we used to just go in and hike the canyons and get lost out in that. Um, I don't know. I think Texas has its very beautiful places and that was definitely one of them. And very fond, fond thoughts about that. <laughs> I just heard thunder too. I don't know what's Uh-oh. happening in your world. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, As I look coming. out the window there and see if the <laughs> trees are. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about the uh, the hanger on uh, branches that uh, I don't know if you've right. in your neighborhood. But, fall off. You know, there's a lot of stuff that didn't fall. It's just kind of yeah, stuck we, up there waiting for the appropriate breeze. To it's on it. the so verge. This will be the storm that does it. This is a windstorm, and they were saying yep. 60 mile an hour plus winds. So. Oh, it's just starting to hit, yeah. Yeah, I can't hear it. Everything's I, I don't hear anything or see anything so far. But <laughs> I'm looking at the map here uh, on AccuWeather, and it looks like it's uh, just coming to Austin. Okay, just so coming on to us. We've got a few minutes because we're we're twenty yeah, miles we're uh, east. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I see lightning now. There was the lightning. It's happening. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, hopefully we get actual rain. That would be nice. <laughs> There's the thunder. Can you hear the thunder? I don't. I don't want the show to end without pointing out my H E B as being one of Texas's most awesome things. At HEB, when I have my list of top three reasons why I can't leave Texas, when I often think about moving away from Texas, HEB is always in the top three reasons why I can't right leave on. Texas because yeah. there there is no better grocery store than HEB. HEB well, loves I, Texas and Texas loves HEB. I love HEB <laughs> except for the one uh, in my neighborhood. I have to go all the way to Bastrop to get a decent HEB. <laughs> we, I, I got to go to Bastrop. But it's the the Bastrop HEB is awesome though. Oh, I yeah. go to the Bastrop HEB. So and it's like and and they are continuing to try to improve all of their HEBs. They're they continue to and they show up for us. We're in trauma and they show up with food and and they fund our education. They give. I mean, I don't know. HEB cares about its community and that's just the way I feel about it. It's like they try. They try. Yeah. You I'm know? a big I'm fan like, of I their upscale uh, offspring, the Central Market, because Central Market carries a lot of the stuff that I really like. I enjoy I Central Market as well. <laughs> I do, well, you know, I, I keep I do keep a running like I have my grocery list for H E B and then I have like my side list for Central Market whenever I'm in town so that I make sure that I Right. I, I go to Central Market for <laughs> the seafood and the meat and uh various things you know coffees they you know they've got coffee beans to mm-hmm. <laughs> although i'm a rudamaya i i love rudamaya and bastrop heb carries rudamaya and that's my favorite bean so that's it's local that's that's a local texas roaster as well so that's <laughs> and, and yeah, not, our, not our defined around austin for sure no, it's my, that's my favorite bean. So I can't, that's why I'm grateful. The Bastrop HEB actually carries a lot of central market products. Mm-hmm. That's part of why I like them because I was like, oh, okay, cool. You at least have like some of that. <laughs> but I agree with you. Well, when central market first came along, I think the idea was that HEB decided they were going to show Whole Foods Market how it's really done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and uh, I certainly think that central market has been, Superior to Whole Foods Market, where I used to work, 
And uh, um, yeah, the people are nicer. <laughs> yeah, I've always been. I've, I've, you know, I even though I have and have had many, many close friends who worked with Whole Foods, and from the beginning, you know, it's like obviously I knew Susie, but. A lot of my friends actually worked with with Whole Foods very early on and for many, many years. And um, and that's been its own sad thing to kind of watch as it's changed. And it just roots me more into my HEV-ness. Like, <laughs> it's like, the you know, it's like, because I, I just that loyalty that I've had for HEV just gets more grounded and more rooted. So please, HEV, don't change, please, because you have like loyal fans. Yeah, well, since it's pretty uh, amazing. I think it's yeah. Texas. I think they are something that Texas can be proud about and like just be proud about, you know, without like kind of anything attached to it. It's just like, but I can yeah, remember we they were voted just AGB was voted the number one. So they beat out Amazon. Yes. They beat out like Kroger's. They beat out, they beat out all these fucking, they're all, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're like, that's how excited I am. Like, yeah, what's your fucking language here? And, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're only here and they're like the best. That's how awesome. That's how awesome they are world. Okay. <laughs> well, I can remember a time when when we avoided shopping at HEB because they didn't sell beer. <laughs> so I they, mean early you know, on when when uh we have some weird ass around, laws around they, that in Texas anyway. Well, it wasn't like, the law. I mean it was HEB it was, would not sell beer. You know, they had mm-hmm. uh there's probably other things that they wouldn't sell either, but they had no alcohol at all. Well, the, uh, the alcohol thing, you know, that's one thing Texas has uh, ha- had a history of is weird alcohol regulation. We have weird alcohol yeah. things. Yeah. You we know, still blue, have the blue laws. We the still blue have laws them. and uh, liquor by the drink just became a thing in like, what was it, like 71 or 72? That's true. And it's mm-hmm. like, that was unbelievable because I went to other states, they'd had liquor by the drink since to 1700s you know? and all those dry I, counties you know we yeah i grew up in williamson county which is dry and then williamson county went half wet half dry so it was like you know, like one half of the county went went wet and the other half went dry it's like just a lot of i don't know and i to me thinking of texas as sort of a commerce state you know where it's like kind of money rules it always surprises me that like the alcohol lobby it allows itself to be shut down for a full day out of every, you know, like, and, and just, not, I don't know if I it just, I don't know. Same thing with cannabis, you know, understand, like, again, bringing up things like Texas needs to catch up on, you know, Texas. Yeah, we're helping out all on. those states around us that have medical marijuana. They, and yes. Like, yeah. yeah. We, Except we, that we, we don't want to cut right in the middle of Texas. Finances. So it's an eight hour trip to any one of those states. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it'd be great. You know, we were, and lit in any one part of the perimeter, but yeah, from where we're at, it's still a journey. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, who's the secretary of Agri- agriculture? His name is Sid, Sid Miller. Miller. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Sid Miller. He's actually Sid Miller is an advocate for he is an advocate for cannabis reform in Texas. He is. He started uh, off with hemp, and he actually he is he is responsible for hemp laws changing in Texas yeah. and. And then that's he amazing has, considering how he is politically. <laughs> agreed, yeah. agreed. But he sees it again. He understands. And because, you know, we lose out on a lot. And I've said this before. It's not just you know, like revenue generated from sales. We lose out on brand capital. We lose out on intellectual like revenue from like intellectual capital from being able to like copyright things. If you look at like Willie Nelson, who is Texas native legend had to launch his cannabis brand in California. Yeah, and then they're, they're, they're still trying to keep uh, you know, gambling out of uh, out of Texas. Yeah, we we don't want to hurt those people in uh, these morality Louisiana laws and Oklahoma. When, when there's really the morality is just really kind of twisted and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, you know, I find I find that to be some uh, definitely we have a lot of places where we need to do some catching up in the state. But I do have hope. I, I do channeling the spirit of Ann Richards again. I do have hope for our great state that we can overcome some of these challenges as we continue to grow and diversify. Maybe maybe we diversify in good ways. Well, I don't know about you. I don't know about the, the University of Austin. According <laughs> to the clock on the wall, actually the clock on the wall in my studio always says four uh, four twenty. I don't know. Uh, but it's eight o'clock now 
Well, let's see. Mine is off. Yeah, it's well, seven fifty-eight where I though. am. You we're, got two extra minutes, man. <laughs> we're in the cool people's time zone, so John. All right. Well, I'm going to have to see about that whole clock thing. It seems to be messed up. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, That was fun. Thanks for joining us. This was great. Yay! Yay, Texas! Okay, bye. All right. (laughs) Bye bye. You can stay in touch with Plutopia at Plutopia.io. On Facebook, look for at Plutopia News. On Twitter, it's at Plutopia. This is the Plutopia News Network, 20 minutes into the future.